Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Daniel. We'll be reading Daniel chapter 1, verses 11 through 15. I'll read verse 11, join me on verse 12, and read every other verse with me. That's Daniel chapter 1, verses 11 through 15. Give you just a second to find it. Okay, Daniel 1, beginning at verse number 11. Please read every other verse with me. I'll read 11. You read 12 and so on and so forth. Daniel chapter 1, verse 11. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter, and proved them ten days. And read verse 15 with me, please. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness, Lord. Lord, thank you for the um, holiday season that we've just celebrated. Lord, thank you for your many blessings to us. Lord, thank you for all those that are here today. I pray, Father, that you would speak to each heart. I pray that you would speak to my heart today. I pray that you would use our pastor, fill him with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Please bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be
Thank you. Well, I enjoyed. I appreciate the the young people working on the on the music the way they do, and the, 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 just uh, just a great job. And I want to thank uh, just publicly thank uh, Brother Rogers. Brother Rogers, uh, uh, I talked to him about some wireless mics, and uh, he was able to to get us two more wireless mics. So that's going to be a big help on our programs and things. And so that's that's huge. And thank you for being diligent to get that taken care of. Um, I want you to go to, to back to Daniel. If you open up your Bible, back to Daniel. But uh, now uh, turn to Daniel chapter 10. What we're going to look at is two different examples of a type of, of fast, really. Uh, what we just read about, you see Daniel and, uh, it, of course, I'll, well, I'll, I'll go back to it and read it to you. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 11 says, Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the Ungas had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now you say, who is, who is that? Well, that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, so uh, they just, they're, these are their real names. And uh, the names that they were given later uh, were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So uh, they're, they're there, and they are being tested, so to speak. Uh, they... Uh, they're being offered to king's meat. Now, that meat was offered to idols. That meat was, it wasn't because it was meat. It's not God's trying to teach us to be vegetarians. Uh, you know, that's not what it's saying uh, at all. But it was, it was, that meat was something they should not be eating uh, because it had been offered to, to idols. And, and, uh, and so in the king's meat, uh, was that way. Now, they they just said, look, just give us pulse, give us vegetables, so to speak, and, and water, and uh, just we'll be fine. And uh, now, honestly, anybody that, that enjoys eating, I about forgot to turn this on, so I'll turn it on now. But anybody that enjoys eating meat, uh, that's a pretty tough thing when they're bringing in the best of the meat and laying it out in front of you, and uh, you say, no, nah, I'm going to eat some butter beans instead. Um, it, uh, it, you know, that just takes, that's going to take some willpower, but it also really what it is, it's, it's a decision. It's a decision to take a stand for God. And so that's what they're doing. And it's a form of a fast, uh, that they just, that they did. And it lasted for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, they didn't feel bad. They actually, scripture says they were in better shape than, than those who had, who had eaten the king's meat. Again, I don't think it's necessarily so much about the meat as it was about the discipline and the, the integrity of the men uh, to serve God. Now, why don't you look at Daniel chapter 10, though. Look at Daniel chapter 10. And if you're kind of visiting or visiting today or you've not been around, uh, you know, for few, what we're doing is, is we're, we're going to have a corporate fast in our church. Uh, God says, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting and and we want to see God do miraculous things in 2017 for our church, for us as individuals, for families. Uh, there's a lot of issues in a lot of homes, a lot of issues around this Memphis area. We need God to work miracles, and we need this kind is what we need. We need this kind. And so uh, the Lord kind of put it on my heart that, uh, that, we would, that I would pre present this to you here in January. Tuesday, 
as a church, we're going to begin a 21-day fast. Now, again, I'm not asking anybody in the church to do 21 days of fasting. I'm not asking anybody to do that. Uh, I'm not even suggesting that you do. Uh, what I'm asking is that somewhere in that 21 days that you would take a meal or that you would do like Daniel did and maybe you'd fast from something you really like. And, and I, but I'll talk about that. But, you, but uh, that's all I'm asking is to join us somewhere along the way in this. Uh, there may be someone that would, you know, would choose to, to do that with, with me, uh, a 21-day fast. I'm going to, personally, I'm going to do a 21-day juice fast. And, and uh, uh, in that, it's going to be, it, basically, the best way I can describe it is, is a fast with no solid foods. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's the best way. There, there has to be, in the life that we live, uh, people who did fast in the, in the Scripture, uh, you'll often, they were very spiritual fast, and, and they went alone. They went alone, and they got alone, and they stayed alone, and pretty much the only physical activity that they did was talking to God. And so there's a, in our lifestyle that we live, we've got to keep up enough physical energy to, to continue to do our work. And so uh, that's why I don't think that it's wise to do a, a, a uh, if you're trying to work, trying to, if you're going to sit, uh, hold up for, for 21 days and, and really just talk to God instead of your Bible, then you might be able to do a water fast. But, but uh, you know, if you do, get a doctor's advice before you do it. So now it says in, in verse 1, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekel, uh, uh, then I lifted up mine eyes, and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body also was like the barrel, and his face also the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in the color of polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Now, I don't know how Daniel reacted at this point, but I'd be scared slapped to death. So uh, that's what's taking place here, but he says, verse 7, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. Now, this is, this story, this illustration, it, it makes it very clear, it's a three-week period, 20, 21 days. 
And this is kind of where we get the thought of a 21-day fast. But this is Daniel. And he says, again, he's not saying that he's going into a full fast. He said that he didn't have dainties. He didn't have sweets. He didn't have good things into his mouth as we've been eating for the last two weeks. He didn't have those kind of things. He didn't allow that. He didn't have meat in his mouth. He didn't have the, the wine in his mouth, the juice or anything. He didn't do that. Now, it could have been that he was just taking water. It could have been that, but I don't think the way it's written that, that that's what it means. But it was. But he was on a form of a fast, and it was a spiritual fast that God would reveal some things to him, that God would teach him along the way. Now, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, and my time's very short, but I'll, I'll pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to thee, and Lord, I ask you, please, please put your arms around this building and everybody in it, and Spirit of God, that you would move through this place, and you would speak to hearts and speak to people, and Lord, you give me clarity in mind that I do this wisely and, and forthrightly, and Spirit of God, please fill me with thy presence, anoint me with your fresh oil, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there's three great Christian disciplines that God has commanded that we do, and that's pray, give, and fast. Those are really the three great disciplines, so to speak, in the Bible that are very, very common, very, very uh, straightforward. God says, number one, he says, he doesn't say uh, if you pray, as we've already talked about, he says when you pray. And God says that we ought to be a pray, prayer people. We ought to be a people of prayer. And that's a, that's a discipline because they call it a discipline because it, it takes discipline. You, you need to decide that you're going to pray. And I'll just challenge you, if you don't pray, you need to pray. And if your prayer is, Lord, lay me down to sleep, help my soul, my, my soul to keep, you know, uh, we need to be a little bit more intense than that uh, about our prayer. Uh, can I tell you the kind of prayer God's really looking for in this kind of thing? God's looking for us to begin to pray, and we may have thoughts on our mind and things on our mind, and we may be struggling in our prayer, but continue to pray to the point where we're getting excited about the fact that nothing's on our mind except we're talking to God. And, and that, that, that just... Uh, I was away from my wife for a few hours the, the other night, and, and I called her, and I said, let's pray. And we got on the phone, and I started out on the phone. I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit down, a little bit. And as we got into it, I, I, I caught myself. I was picking up, and, and I was praying faster, and I was getting more excited. By the time we were getting ready to hang up, there was, I didn't want to because it was, it was exciting to be in prayer. That's what God wants. He wants a prayer that's real. And so prayer, give. God wants us to give. Amen? Smile at me, somebody. It may hurt, but God wants us to give. He commands us to give. It's, and again, this society and this generation we're in, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not really taught. But I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to keep telling you that you ought to give. And it's not for me. It's not for the church, per se. The truth is God will bless. God will change your heart. If you give, it's, 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 it, honestly, you get involved in giving, it's one of the most enjoyable things in the world. It really is. It's fun to be able to give. And the truth is, the more you give, the more God enables you to give. And that's exciting. Now, but, he, but the, another discipline is this thing of fasting. Now, why are we fine to pray? And we're okay to talk about prayer. And we're okay to talk about giving some. But no one knows much, and really we don't know this generation much about fasting. Now, why is that? And here's the reason. I want you to hear this now. Because we can easily pray 
without humbling ourselves. There's a lot of prayers uttered that are not humble prayers. We can give without humbling ourselves. We've got money in our pocket to give, it's no big deal. We can even take pride in giving. But I want you to listen to me, a true fast. We cannot fast without God humbling us. And people simply don't like to be humble. A true fast leaves us weakened so that we decrease while he increases. That's what, they, uh, what Daniel described in those first verses. or the, What we just read, Daniel describes that he was weak. Corruption. Hey, you know, the more you go without food and the more you fast, you'll start to clean out. You're literally, there's corruption that, that comes out of you, but you become weak. A true fast leaves us weakened so that God increases while we decrease. It brings us humility, which is what God wants. That's why in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, which we had up here for a long time, God says, humble yourselves and pray. It's so important that we humble ourselves when we pray. He doesn't say just pray. He says, humble yourselves and pray. And fasting is a way of humbling ourselves. And that's why it comes through prayer and fasting because the prayer is praying in humility, the humility that's been brought upon us by the fasting. It's through fasting, the breaking of pride and self-will that allows us to really draw close to God and really opens his ears to our prayers. Jesus said, when do you fast? not if you fast. There's an expectation that we fast and that we pray and that we seek him during the fast. We right now are beginning to prepare for a new year. And, and, and I, I really struggle even to do this on a Sunday morning, but, but I just felt like that I should. And some of this is even going to be a little bit of a rehash from Wednesday night because some were here. But in order for anything to live, it must, it must exhibit attributes of life. If, it, if it's alive, it's got to look like, so folks, if you're alive today, you got to look like you are. Okay, so every once in a while, you got to respond to something. Uh, just life ultimately means growth, amen? If you're alive, you probably grew some over the holidays, okay? Uh, without a doubt, uh, there's some people that are saying, praise God for a fast because I need it right now because I gained like 10 pounds over the holidays. Now, that was okay when I was young. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, sometimes I'd gain 20 pounds. And by the time January was over, I'd get back playing sports and doing stuff, and I'd knock it right back off. It don't knock back off. It comes on, and then next year you put on another 20 pounds. But life ultimately means growth, but that growth is inwardly, and when I'm talking about a church, truthfully, it's also numerically. If we grow inwardly, we will grow numerically. Because God, if he said, Jesus said, if I be lifted up. Well, if we truly lift up Christ in our lives, in our own personal lives, if we lift up Christ, he will draw all men unto him. 
We must grow internally before we can grow numerically. Unless something is growing, it is dying. Therefore, we must do what must be done to create an atmosphere of growth. Due to the limitations of time and strength, no human being can grow a church. You can't do it. Uh, there's nobody in here that can grow. I can't grow a church. You don't grow, forgive me, I'd like to, but you don't grow a church through preaching. You really, you really don't. It, it's, it's something nice. It's something beneficial. It's something helpful. It, look, you can drive people. You can, you can decline because of preaching. You can decrease because of preaching. But you don't really grow. You grow through the spirit and power of God. Now, what happens, though, is that normally churches like ours, we get into the thought process that we got to get greater organization and increased workers, and then we can grow. Organization and help are wonderful, but when they take, place, they take the place of God's spirit and power, then we have a business, not a ministry or a church. And that's, that's different. And truthfully, if that's what it takes, we're in trouble. Because those are, those are not my forte. Thank you, nobody amen. And I, I realize that many of you are in the crunch time of life with families and responsibilities. But I want to warn you, I want to warn you to stay active and vital in the productive side of church so that your children and your grandchildren will see and believe in the reality of the Christian life. There's, there's so many surveys out right now. People are wanting to know, why are, we, why are our children leaving church? Are you all ready for this? Our children leave church because they did not see the reality of the Christian life in us. That's why. Now, let me, let me just put a little disclaimer there. <clears throat> I understand that there are situations where one night, one incident can knock their, their feet out from under them. They could have come through, and you could be rock solid. You could be soul wanted. You could be running bus routes. You could be faithful as the day is long. And somewhere, somehow, a weak moment, something allowed them at the end, an abuse or suffering or something just knocked their feet out. I understand that. I understand that. But I'm talking about generally one of the things that's hurting us is they don't see the reality and you say, well, man, I was in church, went to Sunday school. I, I met a guy one time, I was out, so, and he was actually going into a bar, and I, and I stopped and I started to witness to him about uh, how to be saved, and, and he looked at me, and he cussed at me, and he said, you know, blanky blank, I went to Sunday school for 29 years, never missed a Sunday for 29 years, got every kind of award, and I don't believe any of it. Listen. Coming and sitting in a pew does not make us spiritual. It's what do we live at home. It's what we live as we walk down the street. It's what do we really believe inside. Now, I have a lot to say there, but when I, this upcoming, and I'm going to pass over if my time is really short this morning. I think... For this upcoming spring is this kind. This kind. This kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. Daniel was in a situation similar to what we are in our nation today. His wicked rulers. He was in a wicked kingdom. He was surrounded by wickedness. 
And it seems like some of us as Christians seem like everywhere you turn, it's just, it's just evil. It seems like, you know, again, you know, when I was younger, uh, even growing up, uh, you know, to be a Christian was something that people said, respect. I, to go knock on the door and to be a preacher, people would, I, I can remember going and visiting when I was a young preacher, going to Bible college, go to the door, and, and as soon as they would see that I had a Bible, I've seen them take their beer or their wine or their whiskey and put it behind their back. I've seen them hide it from because they respect it. Now, understand, that's not today. It's really not happening today. Things have changed. And we're, but Daniel was in that same situation. His world around him was changing drastically. The rulers didn't believe anything he believed. The rulers were ungodly, murderous people. Daniel fasted, though, what we could call a partial fast for 10 days and for 21 days. In the 10-day fast, Daniel was not alone. He was in a group or a corporate fast. Others joined him, and God blessed miraculously. Do you understand? This, this fast, Daniel was not alone. It was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and so here we are. We're all together, and we're going we're gonna to make a decision. And that's what I'm asking us to, this morning and have since the, the last week or so. Can we just make a decision that you, somebody will just join us in this 21 days? Again, I'm begging you. Don't even think I'm telling you that you're not spiritual if you don't do all 21 days. No, I, I was way into my Christian life before I ever even dreamed of something like that. Years and years into my Christian life. I'm just telling you. Can you do it a day? Can you do it a meal? Can you eliminate something where you say, God, I'm eliminating this for a day, for 24 hours, for one meal, somewhere in the 21 days beginning Tuesday? If you just join me, uh, I'm asking God, I think, blesses a, corp a people that say to him, God, we want something miraculous to happen. Esther, when she was going to stand before the king, was called for, all, uh, called for all the people to join together in a corporate fast. Now, understand also, Esther, when she was going for the king, if, she, if, if he didn't hold that scepter up to her, she's going to die. She hadn't been called for. She's coming before the king for her people. She says to, her, to, uh, <clears throat> to Mordecai, Mordecai, go tell all the people, fast, don't drink. Uh, water or eat food for three days. Now it was a corporate fast. All the people were going to fast because if watch this, if she died, not only would she die, but they would die. So this is important to everybody. And can I tell you, it's important to all of us. Look, it's important to all of us if somebody in this area of Memphis doesn't rise up and preach the gospel and stand with God and find the power of God, this area is going to die. Can I tell you, it doesn't have to. Life can come back in. And I'm not talking about financial life, although that's a, a product. I'm talking about spiritual life. Now, in Esther's case, of course, I want you to understand, is much shorter. Because she asked for the people, no food or water. Well, you can't go more than three days without water. I mean, it's feasibly possible, but it's very dangerous. I would never recommend going on any kind of fast without water. But you saw two fasts, 10 days for Daniel, three days with Esther, corporate fast, and you know what you saw at the end of it? Miracles. 
miracle. Miraculously, the, the people of Israel were spared with Esther. Miraculously, the, the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, 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 they rose up in strength and strength and, and even were stronger than those who had eaten much more than they had. Now, we need a miracle also. We need a miracle for our country, a miracle for our city. We need a miracle in our church and around this Christian nation. If we need a miracle in our nation, it must begin in our churches. If we need a miracle in our churches, it must begin individually. It's got to carry into our homes. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Notice what he says. Turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting. God's looking for our hearts. He's wanting for our heart to be in it. That God, please. You know, the only thing I can give to you is, is what God did in my heart when I began to fast. The first time I ever fasted, extended fast, I purely was begging God for a miracle of health situation with my mom. But from that point on, what I started saying was, God, teach me. Teach me. As I fast, please teach me. So again, I say, don't feel you need to fast for 21 days. You may fast a meal during that time. You may fast a 12-hour sun-up to sundown fast. You may fast a 24-hour fast. You may fast an absolute fast for a day or two or even three, but make sure that you understand that that, that is extreme, uh, being with, without food even for three days. It cannot, should not go past three days. It should uh, not really be done at all unless you have medical advice uh, be, be very careful. You may fast a partial fast and eliminate meats and sweets. This is what Daniel did. 21 days, no sweets, desserts, no meats, no wine. Or you may do what would be a normal fast. I call a normal fast for a day or, or for all 21 days where you eat no solid foods, but you drink much good water and juices. And, and some you may even uh, include a clear broth when your strength is low. This is a type of extended fast that, that I do. Some will only consume water during this type of extended fast, but I believe what God leads you to do and, and allows you to do is what you ought to do. And so I, I, that's what I'm encouraging. The key is that we must give up something that means something to us for it to mean something to God. The length of your fast is not the real issue. If it means something to you and you give it up, God will take notice. Some have seen answers to prayer on the first day of the fast. Fast, as I said, can be anything from 12 hours uh, to 40 days biblically. Realize that if the fast is not combined with the word of God and prayer, it is nothing more than dieting. Even if you want to 
to join for the whole 21 days. I would start out the days, uh, 21 days on a partial fast and gradually work into a normal fast. Get medical and, uh, if you need to. Study uh, about the fast. As long as, uh, if you're going on an extended fast, make sure you drink great amounts of uh, good water to clean out the toxins that will begin to eliminate from your body. Realize that you'll probably get headaches and things like that. But I'm just begging you, there are things you need to understand that's going to happen. You're going to feel sluggish. You're going to maybe have headaches. You're, gonna, you're, you're not going to feel the greatest, especially at the first. But can I tell you, if you will fast for God, God will hear, God will see, God will answer, and God will touch you and teach you. I believe it with all my heart. And it's real. Fasting is real. It's not just something to cleanse. The 70 times fasting is mentioned in Scripture. Fasting is mentioned at virtually every crucial time in the Bible. Jesus fasted, Moses fasted, Esther fasted, Daniel fasted, Nehemiah fasted, the prophets fasted, the apostles fasted, and God moved in response to their fast. And what you have to understand, none of them fasted the same length of time, the same way. It doesn't describe that. It just says that they fasted. You know, there's an old song that when we lived here in Memphis, we heard and it says the old song says those chains that seem to bind us serve only to remind us that they are powerless when we praise him and fasting is a form of worship and praise and commitment to God and I want individuals who are bound to be free and there are people that are bound just like that boy was bound. And a father wanted him to be free from that demonic influence so badly, from that addiction, from, from that alcoholism, from the drugs, from the, from the self-abuse, from the, the, the torment of mind. That, God wanted, that, that father wanted him to be free. And there are people that are in bondage in, 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 in marital issues and bondage to finances and bondage to, to psychological issues and, and problems in their mind. And, and God says, I can set you free. You can be free indeed because the truth will make you free. And he said, I can make you free. And he's given us a way. Jesus said, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. And that's what we do. Fast so that people will be saved. Fast that people will receive Christ. Fast that people will be set free. And you may be in here this morning and, and nobody knows but you have an addiction. My, one of my best buddies, his name was Chris Teth. He oversaw the addictions program at at First Baptist Church. And Chris Teth was addicted to Diet Coke. I used to tell him all the time, I said, man, you need to start studying your own material. Because he'd have a giant Diet Coke in his hand all the time. And I'd say, knucklehead, you're killing yourself. You're addicted to that stuff. You know, we, don't, we always think it's somebody else and it's something horrible we're addicted to. 
My wife will tell you that, that I'm bad about it. She'll say, you always leave one bite on the plate. You know why I do that? I hate to be controlled. And food can easily become an addiction. Anybody here you like to eat? Yeah, I do. You just join me on this fast, and you're going to find out how much you like to eat. You like it. And you know what? You're addicted to it. There's a lot of things. You might be addicted to TV. Can I tell you, I had to go years and years without any kind of TV in my house. You know why? Because I grew up addicted to it. I was addicted to it. And I had to decide with God's help, that's not going to control me. You say, what do you want to control? I want the Holy Spirit to control me. So if anything else is in control, God's not. So there are times where I have to say, God, even this thing of food, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to control me. I want you to control me. I want you to move. This is really not a Sunday morning message. You say, why did you preach it? Because I have to tell this to people that won't come Sunday night. Well, would you join me? And I beg you again, one meal, one day, 12 hours, sun up to sundown. I know some of you, you're going to say, I'll fast overnight. How fast from midnight to noon? <laughs> Coward. Um, <laughs> uh, would you join? Join me and let's see what God does. And I'll be honest with you, I would love at the end of this 21 days, I'd love to stand back up here and say, anybody have a testimony of something God has done? And can I tell you, I've never seen it to fail that God there's people that get saved that people have been praying for for years. There are people that have been set free from addictions that people have been thought was, there was no hope because this kind cometh not out about prayer and fasting. Would you join us? And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, Prayer and fasting and what I've just described is a ritual. Because until you're saved, it really is nothing more than a diet program. And by you say, what do you mean by saved? And I understand sometimes terminology gets people, do you know what's going to happen to you when you die? Do you know 100% sure that when you die, you will go to heaven? What I've preached about this morning, 